too. I got a big thick sweater on over my T-shirt because it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's turn to Matthew seven and verse nineteen. I've got two things brewing, um, so let's just see how it goes. Um, this one we're going to talk about last week. We talked about praying, pr fire, prayers, and we looked at how to use the, the fire of Yahweh and release it against our enemies, against the sickness, against the assignments of the evil one, against demon spirits, so on and so forth. So today we're going to look at the other thing that the scripture says about the fire, Yah's fire, Hell's fire. So today's title is Hell's Fire. And the interesting thing is that when Yah began to release judgment upon the earth in Genesis 19 with Sodom and Gomorrah, it included fire being released. And we're going to see that in the end, fire is promised to the unbeliever. But in Matthew 7, verse 19, it says, Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is honed down or cut down and cast into the fire. Now, we know this is not talking about you know, um, apple trees, banana trees, palm trees, or any other kind of physical tree. It's in representation of people. And fire means his judgment. So every person that brings not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. Now, to me, that's referencing people that do not obey Yah's laws and commandments. Because if you read down a few verses, um, let's see, I'm in the wrong chapter. If you read down in verse 21, it says, And it will not be that just everyone who says to me, Master, Master, will enter into the kingdom of heaven but the ones who do the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Master, Master, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and in your name do many works of power? Then I will declare to them, from everlasting, I never knew you, depart from me, those working lawlessness. So, the context of this is not a physical tree, but it's referring to lawless people. It's referring to people that reject Yahweh's laws and commandments. Now, let's turn to Matthew 13. And after this study, I know us here, not necessarily so, but... If people are listening to this um, 
on YouTube or on the podcast, after this study, if they are not a believer, if they are living in lawlessness, and the scripture in 1 John, here we can turn there, keep your finger there, we'll go back there, but find 1 John, I believe it's chapter 2, um, First John, I'm trying to find it myself. Here we go. Yenny hit it on me. Yes. <laughs> First John chapter two. Um, it it says in verse three. By this we know that if we if we have known him, if we keep his commandments. The one saying, I have known him, and not keeping his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in that one. Whoever keeps his word truly in this, one, the love of Yahweh has been perfected. By this, we know that we are of him. That wasn't the exact verse I was looking for, but there's another verse that, that gives a definition of sin, and that sin is lawlessness. Um, you can read, you can look in chapter three, verse four. It says, "Everyone practicing sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is the breaking of the Torah." That might have been the verse I was looking for. So it says, "Everyone practicing sin." also practices lawlessness. And what that basically means is you and I, we still break Yah's laws. But because we are in relationship with Yeshua and because His laws are written on our hearts and we have a desire and a passion to obey Him, we are not practicing it as a way of life. But those that practice it as a way of life. And if you are disobeying one of his commandments and you refuse to obey it, you even though you're in Torah, you also will be in dangerous um, situation. So it says in verse 6, everyone remaining in him does not practice sin. Everyone practicing sin has not seen him nor known him. So, back to Matthew 13 and verse 40. So those that, the context of this, of Matthew 7, is lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. And Yeshua said that they might have done miracles in His name because there's power in His name. They might have prophesied in His name, healed in His name. But if you are not obeying His laws and commandments to the best of your ability, you are going to be in danger of being cut down and cast into the fire. So, 
we need to continue obeying His laws and commandments. Now, in Matthew 13, verse 40, it says, Then, as the tares are gathered and are consumed in the fire, so it will be in the completion of this age. So again, it's referring to the tares. The tares, obviously, will be demonic spirits as well as people that are lawless. So we see here again that his fire is, res is reserved and one of his purposes of his fire is to consume and destroy anything that opposes Yah's laws and commandments. Look in verse 42 and it says, well, verse 41 says, The Son of Man will send forth his cherubs. They will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who practice lawlessness. So it says that those that practice lawlessness are going to be removed. Okay, then it says, they will gather out, meaning the angels, will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks. Now, what do you think the stumbling blocks are? The enemy's devices. Enemy's devices. Put cross your path. Anything that causes you to sin. So we see here that all these will be gathered out of his kingdom. And then it says, and they will, meaning the angels, will throw them into the furnace of fire. Yeah. They, the angels, will throw them into the furnace of fire and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now who's speaking here? It's Yeshua, Yahshua. So Yahshua says that all these will be thrown into the, the furnace of fire and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then in verse 43 it says, Then the righteous will shine out like the sun in the kingdom of their father. The one having ears to hear, let him hear. So the righteous, the only reason they don't shine is because the enemy is resisting them, oppressing them, uh, trying to remove their peace, trying to remove all hope from them by releasing circumstances into their life to discourage them, so on and so forth. But it says here again, that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, now, let's just look in Luke 16. And I know we've all read this before, the story from verses 19 through the end of the chapter is about 
a certain rich young man, a certain rich man, and then a beggar named Lazarus. Mm -hmm. Okay, but notice in verse 23, this is about the rich, the rich man, it said, being in torments, in uh, Hades, in hell, some Sheol, it says, lifting up his eyes, he sees Abraham afar off, and Eliezer in his bosom, and calling, he said, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Eliezer that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and moisten my tongue, for I am tormented by this fire. So again, we see that fire will torment, and we can, one of the things in praying fire prayers is we can release or ask Yahweh to release his fire. Remember we talked about that, it, that Yahweh said that he is a wall of fire round about us. And that that fire will torment the workers of iniquity. So we see in these verses concerning hell's fire. Now, um, in Matthew 18, Yeshua is talking to them and, and basically saying that in verse 8, that if your hand or your foot caused you to stumble, cut it off and cast it from you. Now, he's not literally talking about you cutting off your hand or your foot. But if there are things that are in your life that cause you to stumble, be set apart from it. So if you have a friend that every time you get with that friend, that friend causes you to stumble, then you need to remove that friendship. Family members, if they cause you to stumble, then you need to be wise and stay away from them. I don't mean to be disrespectful to them or anything, but you need to use wisdom. Um, if watching TV, if having a computer might cause someone to stumble because of lust or perversion or some other thing, then you, you need to either cut off that program or cut the whole thing off and remove it. And then it says, For it is better to enter into life lame, or while you are maimed, than while you have two hands or two feet to fall into the fire that is everlasting. So again, Yahshua is revealing... You know, people that think that there is no hell, I don't get it. But, it, again, Yeshua is re-emphasizing that there is a fire that's going to be eternal, and it is going to be for those that are lawless. Um, in Matthew 25, 
And again, this is Yahshua speaking. In verses 40 and 41, Matthew 25, verse 40 and 41 says, And answering, the king will say to them, Truly, I say to you, in so far as you did it to one of these, the least of my brothers, you did it to me. And then it says, Then he will say to those on his left, Go away from me, cursed ones, into the everlasting fire, having been prepared for the devil and his angels, or his cherubs. Now, the fire, hell's fire, lake of fire, was originally prepared for Satan and his angels. But if you and I get to where we're living lawlessly, that will be our eternal home. So again, it reveals that this fire is everlasting. All right, um, here's another verse. Look in Luke chapter 3 and verse 17. Luke chapter 3 and verse 17. It says, He who holds a winnowing fan in his hand, and has cleansed his threshing floor, he will gather the wheat into his granaries, but the chaff he will burn in the fire that cannot be put out. You know, one of the key things in studying Yah's Word is if Matthew, Mark, and say John all share the same uh, scriptures, we need to look at each one of them because each one of them records it from a different angle, so to speak. A different <clears throat> view. Mm -hmm. They saw it a little differently and it's communicated so that when we study said subject, whatever it is, we take all of it into account uh, and learn from it. And so all, all these are basically saying that hell's fire is eternal. And if you live a lifestyle of breaking Yah's laws and commandments, that is your, that is your end eternity. You may be in, you may have a full life like in Luke 16, where that rich man, he was able to do whatever he wanted to do. You may be rich, and you may be able to go here, do this, buy this. You don't think nothing about this. You make fun of people that are standing on the street corner asking for help, so on and so forth. You, you don't give much to anybody. It, it's basically about, you're all about me, myself, and I. Well, your end result will be 
the fire. Now, go what ahead. Was that what was that chapter? What was that chapter, that, um, the first Luke that you gave? 16, Luke, 16, Luke 16, 19 to 31. 19 to 31. That's the story oh. or the parable of the rich ruler and Lazarus. Okay, got it. All right, next Thank one. Second Peter 3. Second Peter 3. You know, a lot of times the enemy, a lot of times the enemy throws his wickedness at us to rob us or to try to rob us of our peace, our joy, and our hope. And the reason he does that is because he knows that he's the one that's going to be burning. And especially as the end times are approaching, it's getting closer. In 2 Peter 3, 7, it says, the, the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition, of ungodly men. Okay, Peter said that heavens and earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. All right, go to Jude. Obviously, there's only one chapter, but in verse 7, the context of this is when the angels came down from heaven and had sex with the sons of men, the women of men. And in verse 7, it talks about vengeance of eternal fire. And so, there... Their, um, their um, penalty, remember the wages of sin is death, their penalty is eternal fire. And again, notice it says eternal fire. Um, let them know it's Judah in our Bible. In our Bible it says Judah instead of Jude. Yeah. Um, Diane, read read that whole verse because I only wrote that one part. Read that whole verse once, please. Yes, it says, As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, in like manner to these, committing fornication and going away after strange flesh, laid down an example before time, undergoing vengeance of everlasting fire. Right. So, and again, this is referring to, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. It's referring to, they gave themselves over to fornication. So, a fornicator, this is what they get to look forward to. doesn't matter how you justify it. Some people say, I don't need a piece of paper. 
Well, if, you know, you can't justify fornication. You can't justify it in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Now, let's look what the book of Revelation has to say about Yah's fire. Revelation chapter 19. It says the, the beast, verse 20, sorry. Verse 20. It says the beast, the false prophet, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. The beast and the false prophet, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Look in chapter 20, verse 9. It said, Fire came down from Yah out of heaven and devoured them. So we see that when we pray fire prayers, or we ask Yah to send his fire, it says, Fire came down from heaven, out of heaven, and devoured them. Verse 10 says, The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. And then it says, And, and shall be tormented day and night forever. Now, if you're like me, that day cannot get here too soon. All right, then look in verse 14. It says, Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Now, my, um, my opinion is that death and hell are literally spirits, demonic spirits. There's a spirit of death, so on and so forth. And it says, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Verse 15, then it says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't get, it does, you know, it doesn't take much interpretation. You know, you can't misunderstand this. Even someone I know can understand this. I won't mention any names. He's picking on me, Diane. Look in uh, chapter 21. Chapter 21, verse 8. It says, the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, 
murderers, whoremongers, sexist people that are having sex, all kinds of sex, outside of marriage. Sorcerers, that's every form of witchcraft, wizard, drug dealers, drug dealers raider fans, whatever. Just joking. Idolaters. I mean, you know, I I sometimes have had a hard time with people or when I think of uh, people that are in Christianity that are in um, participating in idolatry and either they don't really realize it and are totally ignorant of it or they just refuse to believe that it's idolatry like Santa Claus Christmas trees those, those are all idols you know so on and so forth and what and I have a hard time thinking because, you know, people say, well, they're your brothers in Messiah, even though they don't know his name or they don't believe the Torah or they, they, don't, they don't think they need to obey Yah's laws and commandments, not to get saved, but because they are born again. Well, the thing that I have a hard time with is the way that I see the scripture and what it says just here, idolaters. It's whether you know it's idolatry or not. You can't have an, you know, you're going to experience the result of idolatry. If it's something you cannot let go of, you're idolizing it. We're not supposed to love anything here in this world. We're supposed to, like, but if it's something that you just have to hold on to and you can't let it go, that's an, that's an idol for you. And so it says, idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. And again, it's real clear. The fearful, now, you know, someone that's battling fear and they just keep rejecting it and battling it, that's not what it's talking about. We all may have fears, fear of being alone, fear of not having enough, fear of this, fear of that. As long as you keep resisting it, as long as you keep rejecting it and you don't give in to it, you're fine. Then it says unbelieving. When you say, I don't believe this, and it's real clear in the scripture, you are in ser serious danger. But anyways, all this talks about people that will be in the lake of fire. So in the end, Yahweh's fire of judgment will get everything and everyone that is wicked, including the spirit world, meaning demons, and cast them into the lake of fire. So everything in our world system, the wicked governments, the Baal governments, the one world governments, um, 
will be cast into the lake of fire. And then it says, then I wrote, if you don't and have not been born from above by Yahweh's Spirit, you need to become born from above and live according to His commandments. If you don't, you will end up in the lake of fire to be tormented and judged forever. So, whether or not we believe it um, or not, Yah's judgment fire is going to manifest in the earth. And it is going to be the end result if you are not in Messiah and following His commandments. Any thoughts on that? Any questions? For me, it's pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's we just need to be reminded this every once in a while. So, Father, we just pray in the name of Yeshua. And we thank you, Father, for the clarity of your scriptures. And, Father, we do not want to be a people that end up in the lake of fire. And in order not to get end up in the lake of fire, we thank you that you have written your laws and commandments upon our heart. You have rejuvenated our heart according to John 3, 3. And we have been born from above. And out of that, we choose to follow your laws and commandments in obeying you to the best of our ability. And Father, we ask you for your grace and mercy, for when we fail. And Yahweh, we bless you, we honor you, and we worship you in Yeshua's name.